This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. I am also Josh. I'm Jen. And this is Bear. Okay, and so any of our regular listeners are probably really confused right now because there are normally only three brothers on this episode, uh, on our normal episodes. But on this episode, we've got three honorary brothers. Um, see, because... And sister. <laughs> <laughs> she can be an honorary brother for one episode. Okay. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we discovered a few months ago, I got an interesting email. A fella from Iowa emailed me and said that um, for a, over a year now, he's been preparing a podcast called Graphically Novel and was uh, disturbed to discover that we had already been putting out episodes for a month or two. And uh, I felt bad for the guy because he said he'd already sunk some money into his podcast. And we're all punk rock over here, so we had sunk no money into it. Um, but... And so I was like, I didn't know what was going on. Is this a subtle cease and desist? Can you please stop what you idiots are doing? <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going on. And so after some back and forth, I realized that our uh, our other Josh is a pretty cool dude. And then after some talking, we discovered that that's a pretty cool crew there. And so we all decided the world is big enough for two graphically novels. But then we decided we're actually, you know, pretty cool people. Not me, obviously, but... Um, but so we're doing a crossover and so we're having both graphical novels. We're assembling the full Voltron. All the graphical novels are together. <laughs> Five mini line bots. <laughs> this will be, this will be one of two as well. Cause we've already recorded the other one, but it'll be on our graphically novel in January. So, uh, we have already done this once. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a little bit more refined on your side, but yes, thank you for uh, being gracious. Thank you for being awesome. Oh, uh, no, it's cool. Um, I, I didn't know if you wanted to be coy with that or not. I know you all are a lot more um, organized than we are. We record sometimes as little as 12 hours before we have to post a podcast. Um, and so I didn't know if you wanted to uh, do that or not. Oh, but yeah, that's more the laziness in my editing process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we our listeners know that I hate editing. And so I fully uh, you get nothing but grace from me on that one. Um. But so we were trying to be gracious and they, they shot us some um, some ideas for a graphic novel to cover here, um, which, by the way, we covered Spider-Verse, the movie and the graphic novel on the other graphic novel. And that was a blast. And it's one of my all time favorite movies that shot up the charts for me. And so that was a lot of fun to record. Um, we'll see if the episode's any good or not. I haven't heard. <laughs> uh, you so and they, me they, both. They, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the episodes that are fun to record don't always come out to be good episodes. But um, so they, they shot us some ideas of things they wanted to cover. And and so we went back and forth on that a little bit and we settled on a Vertigo title here. Um, it seems like the other graphically novel are Vertigo fans. And so we went with Why the Last Man. And I was thrilled to discover that I had, I had met some Vertigo fans that have not read Why the Last Man. Or had not at that point. I hope you've read it by now. Um, <laughs> I love Why the Last Man. And so I was thrilled to get to talk about this with uh, with a whole big crew of people. And to finally find a way to make my brothers read it. Um, you forced so us. So 
Yeah, I had to force you. I had, there, had, there wasn't bribery involved, but it was probably close to that. I think that's the whole reason you started this podcast, just so you could make us read stuff that we normally wouldn't read. <laughs> I have had Why the Last Man literally on my shelf for seven years. So what was – I mean, I know – I mean, because, Jen, you've talked about um, your love of Sandman, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Josh has – I think on – because I listen to your all's episodes. I think you've got a great show, and I recommend our listeners – I mean, they're easy to search. Just search for our show. You'll find their show, too. Uh, yeah, if you put both of them on your podcast list, there you go. Yeah, Can't go wrong. Yep, I've heard Josh talk about his love of vertigo, and but somehow why slipped through the cracks. So I was curious, before we get into the grades, why hadn't you all read Why yet? Was there something off-putting about it? I had read it, actually. Oh, okay. But years ago, like mid-2000s. Um, and I don't know that I read more than five books, maybe six. So it's about yeah. what we'll cover. Yeah. No, I little bit. I probably read one or two past what we're covering today. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I have a few that are like that. I have a few that I just half price books is I might as well own stock in the company. Like I'll walk through and I'll like go through the comic aisle and I'll be like, oh yeah, I heard about this and I'll pick it up. We, we are very much uh, a, a house of, of English majors. I mean, we, we have a lot of books that we haven't even touched, graphic novels and otherwise. Uh, and so it's always been on my list, but then I get into something new and it's just, oh, I got to get through all of this. So like, you know, I'm I'm reading through this, and all of a sudden, Saga comes up, and I'm like into Saga so much that that's what I'm reading, you know, in my free time for six months, and so, you know, that's that's my graphic novel time. And then we started this podcast, and now it's as Bear loves to call it, homework, to to go through <laughs> and watch all the shows and read all the comics and uh, rewatch all the movies. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I. It, it's all homework for me as far as the reading goes. I um, Comics are not my primary form of media, um, and that's kind of like not usually the role that I'm filling on, on our podcast is um, I'm, I'm a movie and TV guy. So usually I come in with, you know, check out this series, check out this, and, you know, then we're like, okay, was there graphic novels for it? Can we, can we get our hands on that stuff? Um, <clears throat> so, like... This is one where, like, this wasn't even really on my radar, but after having read it, um, I absolutely love it. It's it's amazing stuff. All right. All right. Okay, my brothers, what's your, what's your excuse, guys? Why haven't you ever read this? Because I've never heard of it. I um, didn't know it existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, Honesty. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it didn't have Wolverine in it, okay? Yeah, or Batman. <laughs> All right, well, Bear's already uh, showed his hand there, um, so let's get into the Batman greats. And that's one of the distinctive things about our graphically novel are the live-action Batman greats. And um, I was uh, talking before we started recording about the, uh, the the order we put the ranking here. This is not this is a negotiated ranking. I don't think all three of the uh, the brothers agree on this, but so from top to bottom, it's Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West. Kilmer and Clooney. Poor George Clooney. Maybe Pattinson will save him and take that bottom spot. Bottom spot. Uh, Gian, do you want to go first? What was your live action Batman grade? Um, I'm be- I'm between an Affleck and a Keaton. 
Um, there were, you know, I really enjoyed it, um, but there are things that uh, I have issues with um, that we can get into later. Um, but I, I think it's good, um, but not excellent. So, high Affleck, high Keaton, uh, low Affleck. <laughs> okay. All right, Barrett, you've already tipped your hand. What, what do you got, bud? Uh, honestly, I, I really enjoyed this graphic novel. Um, I got to give this like like an Affleck plus. I don't know if you go with pluses and minuses, but <laughs> I, I'm definitely going with like an Affleck plus on this one. Um, there was so I, bomb I, in Phantoms, yo. What's that? So he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I um, you know, I mean, there was just I I really enjoyed the the um political potential i guess that it's got um uh i really just enjoyed the story and i the whole lot of the all of the what if that was that's you know presented within this this graphic novel i think it's just a great read all right uh other josh what do you got oh yeah that's right i am the other josh now (laughs) i'm not oj original josh (laughs) (laughs) um i put it solidly between keaton and west um i as we will get into i think i had a lot of similar issues that jen has just knowing her as i do um but we'll see if if this would not be a tv show that she would watch for reasons that i know she would not watch it and and i actually think i would rate it lower because of those reasons Oh, now I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. All right. The spoiler section is going to be interesting. Um, I'll I'll go next. Uh, No, actually, I picked this, so I have to go last. That's our rule here. Uh, Josh, tell me how low you're going. All right. Original Josh. (laughs) I didn't go that low. I gave it uh, a Keaton. Maybe lower side of the Keaton, but still a Keaton right in the middle. It wasn't wasn't terrible. It wasn't wasn't my favorite thing I've ever read, so we'll, we'll get into it. I was getting a real negative vibe from you, so um, that's higher than I expected. Yeah, no, it's good. All right, Sam, what's your grade? And I'm with the majority. I gave it a, a Keaton Plus is what I gave it, so it, it's close to Affleck, but a Keaton Plus. All right. Um, I'm going to go... Um, see, I struggle with this one because I've read every single issue of this series, and I love this the series as a whole. And... I had forgotten how much these first five issues are just pure setup. Um, and so there's not a real complete story here, even for like a single trade. Like you don't get really any satisfying ending of any kind. Um, and I kind of ding a graphic novel for that. I need some, I, I like to have some kind of ending. Um, and so I'm going to go a low Affleck here. But for the series as a whole, I would go a very high of like bordering on Bell territory. And we're kind of we're kind of careful about giving out bells here. So um, I love the series as a whole. And what's scary is as much as these this trade is set up, they're not even done. There's a whole other crews that haven't even been brought in yet. Um, yeah, um, I, I kind of like I can I can see where you're coming from, where this is not like. It doesn't, you know, this is all set up, these first five issues that you were just saying. Um, but uh, to hearken back to some of the, the grading that we do on our podcast is 
Um, you know, one of the questions that we always ask at the end of the episode is, would you continue reading? And this is totally a, would you continue reading for me? Like I would, I would totally tear into like the next two or three graphic novels without even a second's hesitation. All right. Well, let's do that now. We'll, we'll bring in your all's grades too. Jen, would you keep reading? Definitely. I would definitely keep reading. Uh, and it, it, it's based on the little bit that I have read past what we read for the show um, and uh, what I know from people, friends telling me how great the, the series as a whole is um, and how well fleshed out it is. I definitely would keep reading. Other Josh. I, I would keep reading. Uh, and when we get to the award section, I will say why. That's the stink of reluctance I'm smelling. There. <laughs> that was some hesitation. There is there is some hesitation, but I would still read. If I was in Bear's position, I didn't read comics. Probably not, but I I read them. So I've I've read worse. I've read the Clone Saga. <laughs> well, you, and you made me read Dark Phoenix for our podcast. So. Uh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Bear may have just lost some cool points in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so much as Into the Spider Verse was uh, was our first delve into crossovers, Bear's never read pre '80s comics before. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah there, there's it's a lot of stuff in there that I was just kind of like, oh god, it's like I have a page of notes on on Dark Phoenix that was. And half of that page is just things that I went to do to keep myself from reading Dark Phoenix. <laughs> That's I, I had, for, you know what I, I, I get it because Claire, Claremont for a non-comics reader, for somebody who didn't read comics at that era, Claremont can be tough to get into. Yes, very. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, okay, my Josh, would you keep reading? Uh, I would, but it's not at the top of my list. Like I've got other <laughs> stuff I'm going to read before I read Volume Two, just to be brutally honest. But, you know, if I had a bunch of free time and I had it already borrowed and it was just sitting there, yeah, I would I would read it. But I'm not going to make a point to go out and hunt for volume two. You are being nice because you felt bad at how mean you were during the Black Hammer episode. That is not that, true at that, all. That's a hard no is what he means. He, he has no interest in reading anymore. <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> I was Say trying to be diplomatic are. about it and you, you know, want to <laughs> glutton for punishment over there. I'm going to be nice to them. I don't have, you know, decades of history with them. So <laughs> you, I'm going to get, and you, and you have to like me. We're family. So uh, Sam, <laughs> would you keep reading? Oh, uh, you know me, if I, if I like a comic that we're going to review, I usually read the whole trade before we do the show. And I did not download the second one. So that is a no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just got outvoted, guy. Well, I, I have read every single issue um, with great avidness and enjoyment and other words I'm probably mispronouncing. Um, I I love this thing. And so, um, yeah. And so maybe now I get some of those cool points back because nobody else agrees with you. <laughs> That's right. Bear, bears, you know, you get them all back in a few extra. I mean, you, you we're on the same wavelength here, bud. All right. Uh, this is spoiler time, and so we've tried to be a little careful here. I probably said a little too much a moment ago, but um, I, if you like, you could benefit from the rest of our conversation if you actually stop and go read Why the Last Man. It's very accessible. You can find it um, at Half Price Books, apparently, and in Comicsology Unlimited, you can find the first trade very easily. Um, 
If you don't care, just stick around past the spoiler klaxon, and we're going to dig into this thing. All right, let's read the comicsology summary. And this is... Um, it's, it's not the worst we've read. Uh, it's not the best either. So we're going to have to add some stuff uh, plot point wise to help us uh, to give our to give some of our listeners who stick around uh, enough information to understand our discussion in the pyramid. So here we go. Why the last man? Winner of three Eisner Awards. Hear that, guys? Three Damn. Eisner Awards. All right. <laughs> and one of the most critically acclaimed best-selling comic book series of the last decade is that rare example of a page turner that is at once humorous, socially relevant, and endlessly surprising. Written by Brian K. Vaughn and with art by Pia Guerra, this is the saga of Yorick Brown, the only human survivor of a planet-wide, planet-wide plague that instantly kills every mammal possessing a Y chromosome. Accompanied by a mysterious government agent, a brilliant young geneticist, and his pet monkey, Ampersand, Yorick travels the world in search of his lost love and the answer to why he's the last man on Earth. That's like super, like 20,000 feet in the air. I mean, that's not really any description of the story here but did he really travel the world either in this train well that's spoilers uh, <laughs> okay yeah there's lots of world traveling later i mean if the world uh, entails two states yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh well i mean they do go to california too that's true dr man so, yeah yeah yep well, that's that's the that's the next step. But then they they do a lot of world traveling after that. And um, all right, so they so after the plague starts, um, we we meet a lot of people before the plague, and then we start meeting people after it. Um, we meet uh, Yorick and Hero especially beforehand. Hero is Yorick's sister. And uh, speaking of English majors, you all mentioned earlier. Um, this is these are the names you get when you're the child of an English uh, professor. Um. <laughs> And so Yorick and Hero are brother and sister, and Yorick survives the plague for reasons that are not explained for many, many, many trades. <laughs> um, and some would argue not explained well in the end, but that's super spoilery. But, um, but Brian came on like, anyway, I don't get into that. I, I do hope Barry reads this thing, so... Um, <laughs> And so, but Hero... You gotta, have, you gotta have somebody back in your play, right? <laughs> you know Our Black Hammer episode, I, Black Hammer is my favorite ongoing series at the moment, and these guys threw so much shade, it was painful. And so, it's not... Nice, yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And so, Bear, I'm glad to have some backup here. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but so we start meeting these other groups, right? So we meet the Amazons, which we discovered that Hero has joined, and is having some issues. Um... There's the political angle. Um, now, his help me remember this. Uh, his mom is a congresswoman, right? Yes. Yeah. She's in the House of Representatives. Yes. And and then, but they find the lady who was the Secretary of Agriculture. Correct. Yes. yes. Hiding out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she becomes the new president because the way the the chain of uh, command works. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's probably the wrong terminology yeah. there. No, no, it's the it's the it's the chain of succession, and uh, and it goes vice president, speaker of the house, um, majority State. whip, and the secretary of state. Let me jump back into the cabinet, right? 
Right. And actually, if you enjoy that whole thing, there's Designated Survivor, which is a great show uh, with okay. Keith Sutherland that goes really over that. He is also the Secretary of Agriculture. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and who, who else do we meet that we need to explain? Uh, 355? Yeah, 355. Yeah. Yeah, she works for the Culpering, which was a thing from George Washington-era America, and which was supposed to only exist for a very short period, but for the purpose of Brian K. Vaughn's imagination, still exists. And she is in Syria and maybe caused the thing by taking an artifact out of Syria that was supposed to cause a plague if it ever left the borders of Syria. Um, also, Do I have altar. that wrong? Nope, that was... You're right, yes, an yeah. altar. A, the, uh, an Israeli soldier who leads the Israelis... Uh, what's, what remains of the Israeli military to America to find your work. And then what about uh, Dr. Mann and her clone? Yeah, man, there's so many threads to get laid out in this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you know, Did you catch that they changed the story? They were retconning this thing already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry, you muted. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I was just talking to you. Jen Jen. I think she just got dro- dropped. So. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, it's here. Yeah. She's a statue. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you notice when we first meet Dr. Mann, she's um, about to give birth. And she tells the doctor that she's going to give birth to her own clone. And then later on... Um, Does she say clone? Yes, because the doctor yeah, asked Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. And then um, uh, when uh, when she meets 355 in Yorick, she says that it's the clone of like, her relative or something. Like her nephew, right? Needed yeah. a bone marrow transplant that's, or something. Yeah. He had leukemia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that, 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 I, 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 like, they changed their mind on how they, they wanted that story storyline to go. And so, uh, all right, is all the, all the, that all the major players? Yeah, I believe I so. so. <laughs> okay. Um, we got Alter. We got Doctor. I think that's everybody. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much going on, and there's like whole groups of people you haven't met yet. Actually, of my three favorite characters, you haven't even met two of them yet. So, all right. We'll did see you? If, uh... Go did ahead. you did you mention Victoria, the leader oh, of the Amazons? No. We mentioned and we mentioned the Amazons. We didn't mention Victoria especially. Victoria okay. is the um, complicated leader of the Amazons. She is super um, careful how she says about you know this is all everybody's one and the same. We're all equal here, except that lady loves giving some orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see that. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No idea what that's like in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a wife and two daughters. I'm great at taking orders. Um, yeah. All right. So if we're done with the summary and the additional plot points. Oh, Beth. Yes. Beth. I, yeah. As the plague starts, York is on the phone with his girlfriend who is doing some kind of internship, something or other in Australia. She's on walkabout. Yeah, she's walking around the Australian outback in cutoffs and a bikini top. And and about to have the worst sunburn sunburn in recorded history. No kidding. (laughs) Because that lady has no tan. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they're in the middle of a phone call when the plague hits. And so she's trying to tell him something, and he's trying to propose to her, and the phone goes dead. And that's how the the very first issue ends. Good, Good catch there. That's... If 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 Barry will find this out, and only me and Barry will know this, 
Um, that becomes really important later on. Um, all right, so let's give some people some credit, and we'll get into the pyramid. Um, the writer and co-creator of this story is Brian K. Vaughn. Um, the artist, she also gets a co-creator credit. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Pia Guerra. Artists don't usually get that, and so I'm wondering how much she was involved with that. Um, and this has actually been optioned uh, to be, I think, made into a TV series. It's never going to happen. But it has been optioned, and so I think Pia Guerra got some of that money. It, it means at least that much. She got some uh, some cash out of that. Uh, no, never inter- say never. Preacher got made. That's true. It's actually <laughs> slated for spring 2020. Really? Yes. Hmm. Well, Bear, you may not have to read it after all. You can just yeah, watch no it. kidding. I might be able to just watch <laughs> it. I mean, I'm still going to read it, but uh, you know. <laughs> but our inker is. Jose Marzon, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Letterer is Clem Robbins. I can pronounce Clem with my accent. <laughs> um, colorist is Pam Rambo. How cool the name is that? Pam Rambo. And our covers are by J.G. Jones. And then we're going to, so now we're going to get into the graphically novel pyramid. And this is where we evaluate the three things we believe are required for a graphically novel to be a good graphically novel. So we always begin with story, followed by art. And concluding with characters. And so, story. Bear, you like this thing. I'm letting you go first. What did you like about the story? What are your thoughts? Um, since we just did, you know, through the first graphic novel, I think they, they open it up for a lot of potential. Um, um, it smacks of um, the, like, The Walking Dead, um, you know, where there's massive plagues going to hit. It's wiped out a mess of people. Now, obviously, we don't have zombies, but... Um, I think it. I think it's got a great start for a story. Um, <clears throat> I think it's uh, the, the political parts that they start talking about, where um, that you know there's just a mess of um, senators, representatives, governors that all died, and now there's this huge power vacuum. And how are they going to fill that void? And there's already been some like riots and things that have started because. You know, people just wanted to jump into, like, uh, a husband's um, office and stuff like that. And it's like, well, but, you know, this is still a representative democracy. We still have to vote these people in, stuff like that. Um, so, I, I like, there's just, there's, there's a ton of potential that opens up in these first five issues that I think can just, could really turn into something amazing. Jen, uh, you got anything you want to highlight here? Yeah, Um, I found it really interesting that it it seemed to me quite interesting that that the women just kind of fell into the roles that the men had um, as far as their viewpoints and what have you. And I I found that really interesting. So it was like, okay, all the men are gone, so now we have to do what the men would do. Um, I kind of felt that way with the story, especially in the beginning when, when, you know, there was the group of women that showed up at the White House and were saying, give us our, you know, our husband's places. Um, that kind of felt weird. Um, but I also was kind of like, um, most of the time when I was reading it, I was like, huh, this was written by a man. <laughs> <laughs> this is written by a man. This is a... a, a a global society of women 
and the story was written by a man. And I just kept thinking that as I was reading it. So um, I, I thought the story was compelling, but it also, there were certain things that made me just kind of go, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> the main yeah, point I, of you. Yeah. yeah my, my hunch is that's why Pia Guerra has a more prominent role here, is that he consulted her on more of that, to try to hide his maleness <laughs> as he was writing this thing. Uh, fair, fair, yeah. I don't know that, though. That's just a hunch I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh W., what do you got, man? Uh, yeah, I I have I had the same thought, that that's why Pia was, was involved as much as, uh, as far as a co-creator. I can't think of anything else, Brian K. Vaughn, that he's given a co-credit on. And I've read a bunch of Brian K. Vaughn, so that, may, that seemed to me like a little bit of little bit of cover there. Um, my opinions on the story are very tied to the characters, so I'm going to wait till we get a little further down the pyramid. Okay. Um, okay. My Josh, go ahead. I'm, I'm a little nervous now. I'm afraid this is where Josh is going to ding this thing. Now, it's, it was probably my least favorite part of the pyramid with this story. <laughs> I knew but, it! Yeah, I like the premise. Uh, but I think they tried to get too much started in the first five issues. Like for this to be a standalone graphic novel, I feel like they were trying to get all the different storylines started at the same time. And it just, I really didn't get to dive into one storyline and build a connection with anything. So, you know, it just, I don't know. It wouldn't, wouldn't ring in with me. I wouldn't feel in it. Uh, plus there's one, as far as anybody knows, one male left on the planet why would they send him out with one bodyguard to go trapezing across the entire globe? <laughs> that seems pretty ill-advised. Like I feel like they would have been a little more careful with the last dude on the planet. Uh, you know, that seemed, you know, not well, smart. They, well, they met him. And so well, like, <laughs> okay, you know what, George? Yeah, you go over here. That, that makes sense. But uh, no, nah, like I said, I like the potential. I like the layout. I like the idea of the story. I just, there was way too much going on in these first five for me to really dig in and get attached to the story. It's like you said, it's so much set up. I just, I wasn't feeling it. All right, Sam? My notes are almost identical to Josh. I think he copied off me. <laughs> but because I think I, <clears throat> Barry locks it for the opportunity to, of the story. And I think that's the problem I'm having is I think there's too many opportunities. You don't get a, fall like josh said just one thing or there's like so many threads they can do with it and it really lost me on that well you saw how long it took us to do a summary oh did you remember this person oh did you remember this oh did you remember to say that there was just so much going on you're not wrong and that's kind of what my notes are about um this story works if you find the setup intriguing if you're not intrigued by what you're given here what the what the setup is then you're done just quit um, you're not going to enjoy this story. And um, this is a little bit of bleed over into characters, and this may be where Josh W. was going. Um, but if you don't like York, if you don't find York at least a little bit charming or at least entertaining, then you're not going to enjoy the story. I mean, he, he is so central to the story itself that if, if you don't at least get a little bit into his, his role there, then you're not going to enjoy this story at all. I mean, from the word go. I mean, because there, I think there's a lot of people that would find York really off-putting. Like he's this, you know, man-child kind of guy. And so, um, see, so yeah, I think that's that's kind of a difficulty of getting into the story. If you find that kind of dude off-putting, 
I, I actually really uh, appreciate your description of a man child for him, and we'll get into that when we get into casting because I think I think you'll dig what I who I had cast for for Yorick. Well, and I would agree with you. I think that Yorick is at least in in this uh, few, first few books is very um, unsympathetic. You know, you really have to find a reason to care about him. And why, you know, care about his continued existence. Um, But it does happen, I think. I I mean, you know, I I think that you come to to view him as like, as a man child, as you said, you know, you you fear for his safety in certain situations. If if Bayer does, you know, keep reading and not just watch the TV show, you're going to discover in a hurry that there's more going on with your work. And there's that a lot of what is off-putting about him is surface level. And there's more going on with him. And his, his storyline becomes a lot more sympathetic. Um, and so, yeah, York, York is a much better character as you go along. Um, yeah, he's kind of a loser. Uh, well, yeah, and actually I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm, but I, I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I think that... That that can be said. That sort of it's hard to be sympathetic to the character, but it's hard. It's you mentioned that these first few books are really a setup for the rest of the series, and so it really kind of glosses over a lot of the arc of the story, of the characters, of everything. And so, um, you know, it it kind of is interesting. It's that sort of like oh, that could be kind of interesting, but there's nothing there. There's no real big hook. In these first few books, uh, I, I think that, if they had dropped just a little bit of this uh, uh, story points off and focused more on one point, maybe the first five issues is just half the people disappearing and then his journey getting uh, to his mom at DC and just stopped and just had that one storyline. So we get to get attached to some of the characters instead of trying to set up so much in the first little bit. Mm hmm. Yeah, see, I, I read these in because um, they're, they're collected into five omnibus, omnibus editions, and that's how I read them. And so I had forgotten how much the early issues were purely set up. Um, and I think that may have been a mistake. Um, that's why I went a little lower on my grade than I expected to go. Um, there's just not a lot of story yet. And I think that the pacing-wise, it could have been paced out a lot better. Like, maybe we shouldn't have met either the Israeli army ladies or the Amazon ladies yet. Maybe we, we, we pace that out differently and maybe the story's more engaging off, you know, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's move on to art and I'm going to, um, I'm going to let my brother Sam go first. Um, we refer to him as our show art snob. Um, and so Sam, what, <laughs> what didn't you like about the art this time? Surprisingly, I, you know, it was good overall. I, I really did like the art this time. <laughs> Some of the faces and stuff was quirky, you know. Some of the, the expressions that come through, I, I didn't really think it fit the situation. But o- overall, I thought it was really good. I'd say that's probably the strongest point for me is the art of our pyramid. All right. Uh, Jen, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I agree. I think the art overall is, is quite good. Um, there are some... Uh, as as Sam mentioned, there are some expressions on faces in certain panels that made me pause <laughs> and wonder what the artist was trying to express there. 
Um, but overall, I think it's good. Um, I especially appreciate the cover art. They did some really nice work um, with that. But overall, I think the art was pretty good in this book. Hmm. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead here. I was gonna hold me to later. I really like the face art in this in this trade. Um, I, I thought that it was very revealing of, especially with your work in 355. I felt like we always knew exactly what they were feeling. Um, I, I don't want to give spoilers. H- Hero has weird expressions on her face all the time. And there's reasons. I, I don't want to tell you why. Mostly because Bear's going to read more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if, if you're referring to Hero's strange expressions, there's a, there's an important plot point for that. Interesting. Um, We're yeah. just hanging this entire episode on the hat of Bear reading the next few. I know what you're getting for your birthday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have, you know, the, the recap episode where we come back in like six months and be like, so did you read the rest of it, Bear? <laughs> but I, I have to completely agree with you. Um, like, I, I, like, there were a lot of facial expressions. And that was one of the things that I loved about the art, but I thought that most of these were on point. Like I thought that like I, I got more out of um, those particular panels where, you know, the facial expressions were, were, were done in them. Like, I didn't think they were really all that strange. Like I, I kind of got, um, it seemed like I got more out of it. Like, you know, there was, um, I, I was definitely feeling a little bit more how those characters felt on those panels. Josh, what do you think? Be more specific. Good point. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You, you opened your big mouth. Uh, what what okay. did you think? Uh, I'll agree with our first two points that the art was good. It was solid. Uh, but, man, nothing stood out. You know, our awards, we always pick a best panel. I flipped front to back, back to front three times, trying to find a panel that jumped out and was like, oh, this is a good panel, you know, for me to have a graphic novel, you got to have at least one panel that's like, oh, look at that panel. That's kind of the showstopper. I couldn't find one in this. There wasn't anything where the color was exceptionally great. Uh, there wasn't a one panel, like a big splash panel. I just, you know, it was solid. It was good. I'm not going to ding the facial expressions. I wouldn't really notice any of that. But just nothing stood out to me. It kind of faded in the background. So I had a story I wasn't digging so much and an art that wasn't wowing me. So I just really wasn't getting into it too much. That's part of the Keaton score there was the, the art was just kind of plain uh, as far as I, I'm concerned. All right. Josh, I, see, you, I, saw, say- I saw a nod and a shake. So I got one agreement. And one <laughs> well, I'm not going to disown you, but you're dramatically wrong on that. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, other Josh, what, what what were your thoughts? So I'm trying to to cheat and look it up real quick because I'm trying to remember who did the art for the comic series that was season eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, because I got so much George's Giannetti and Carl uh, Malone, Moline. Uh, this really reminded me of like what that looks like that art style which is not photorealistic, but it's not cartoonish. It's right. It hits that sweet spot in the middle. Uh, I'm going to agree with Sam. I think that uh, out of the pyramid, this was definitely the most solid part. I would, uh, I would encourage people to pick up this comic and check it out. If nothing else, then, then kind of 
how how things are portrayed and how things are brought forth. Um, it was not my best panel, so I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, I think it's the beginning of the fifth issue where Beth, where York's having a dream and Beth is covered in blood and like freaking out and he's having a nightmare about it. Like just the way that that was expressed, like coming right into that issue, you're like, whoa, what is even happening right now? Like it's, it's very uh, provocative. And a lot of this stuff is very provocative. And I did like that. Um, I have a slight ding on the art. I feel like, and this shows up uh, a little bit more later on, but I feel like Pia Guerra is not the best at action. Like, like some of the times that you're like, especially 355 doing some like tough looking stuff or um, when the Amazons were attacking people, the action just wasn't as like, I don't know if it wasn't like a dramatic enough or she just didn't. I, I felt like it wasn't her background. Like she hadn't drawn a lot of this kind of type of comic book before. Yeah, I, I did notice that. I noticed that you see the beginning of an action and then the fallout of the action, but you don't see the action actually happening. And so you, you know, and that is its own style. You're filling it in yourself. It's why the universal monster movies were as good as they were. Cause you saw the beginning of something and then you saw the end of something, but you didn't see the gore in the middle. Yeah. So I think that's what she was going for, but you're right. She didn't pull it off as well every time. All right. Uh, anything else on art before we move on to characters? Nope. All right. Okay, characters. Um, and I think this is where this this is this is for me. Um, and this and this becomes even more as the story goes on. Um, I'm trying to be nice here, guys. Because um, there's like some of your some of your complaints about some of the like the little dings you're giving just disappear in short order. Um, when we, when you, when you get to know these people a little bit longer, but, um, so characters, I think this is where this thing either, you know, stands or falls. Um, if you don't like these people, if you don't have like somebody you grab onto that, you're not going to enjoy this. Um, uh, Jen, what do you think about the characters in this thing? Um, I think, like I mentioned before, uh, it, it, the characters like the storyline. I feel like everything is kind of jammed in and you don't really get a lot of any character. So it's hard to, you know, it's a very surface um, introduction. It feels like, um, and that said, you know, like I mentioned before, Yorick is not very sympathetic Um you know, you don't really feel a lot of sympathy for many of the characters. Um, when they're introduced, it seems like the worst side of them is being brought up. You know, Yorick is a man-child, like you mentioned. He's kind of a loser. He doesn't have a job. You know, he's um, obsessed with uh, being an escape artist and a magician, perhaps. Um uh, Beth is is some sort of scientist. They don't really talk about it, but in the beginning of it, she's just wandering around Australia <laughs> talking on a cell phone, which is really kind of random, and there's not a lot of buildup there. Um, 355 actually seems like the most interesting character so far. You know, um, 
she reveals a little bit about herself to Yorick and, um, you know, she's an international spy of mystery, you know, so there's, there's something interesting there. Um, but again, it's not very deep. Um, uh, uh, let's see, a uh, York's mother, um, the representative. Jennifer. She, yes. <laughs> oh, how could I forget? Um, she seems like the kind of person that, um, she's very strong. You get that. But she seems to be uh, at cross purposes with um, her cohorts. I'll just say that. Um, her, her politics are, are interesting and not necessarily uh, in a... I don't agree with her politics necessarily. Um, Dr. Mann, uh, a brilliant geneticist, but still, again doing questionable things, you know, and again, she might also be the other character that gets a little bit more depth to her backstory as well, um, kind of tangentially. Um, and Hero, again, fairly surface in these books that we read. Um, so there's really not a lot to care about as far as characters. Um, so that's another reason why I think I would like to read more because they're enough that I want to see what's going on. Let me ask you a real quick follow-up question, because this is what I was alluding to earlier. How do you feel when we watch shows and things with characters that are doing the obvious wrong thing and are a <laughs> dumbass about it? <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> um, I, I dislike yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, for mostly for Bear. Um, but <laughs> thank but you. I, um, see, the thing is, like the, the the main the people you meet here that get a li like more than a couple of panels of of like panel time are the only characters that really carry through. And so there are five omnibus, you know, collections of this story. And it really is just a deep dive into the characters. And so the characters feel surface level right now. You get to know 355 in a you know big bad way. You get to know York into and there's depths of, in that guy that are not apparent whatsoever <laughs> in this trade. Um, even Beth gets a little more screen time. Um, and Doctor Man becomes so important later on, and you learn so much about her backstory. And even Alter and Hero have huge story arcs. And so the, so the characters in this first trade, and this is part of the reason why my grade was lower than I expected. I'd forgotten how little character development there was early on. But the rest of the series is basically... Yeah, but the rest of the series is character development for these people. Sam, go ahead. I was going to say about the characters is like, there's a whole bunch of characters, but there's, like Jen said, there's not a lot of depth to them. Like, like really, it's York and uh, 355 is it. Like it's really all you follow. Everybody else just gets introduced on their worst day possible, I guess, and you see their bad side. Then you move to somebody else having a, a bad day. So it's was, it was really hard to to follow or connect with anybody. Even like yeah, York, it, that's all he does. He obviously goes in making the wrong choices, like like with the Amazons and all that stuff. Him just out there speaking up, like man, just keep your mask on. Right. <laughs> you know. 
So that, that that was that was my big thing. Like there's so many characters, but there's really only like two that they follow. Yeah. That was that was my first note on character. Said York's an idiot. He keeps taking his mask <laughs> off at the worst time. Like, that's exactly what I had. Yeah, just why would you do that? Like that's you're I feel like you're intentionally being stupid. Like you're doing it on purpose. I mean, and so. you can only blame the monkey once. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for for Jamie, you're saying the rest of this run is super character heavy. I mean, should have gave me a little taste of that. Just a little glimpse that we're going to get some character development because, Jen, like you said, everything it just feels superficial. Here's York. He's a man child that doesn't have a job. Here's Beth. She's a ditzy blonde walking around in a bikini top. Here's, you know, 355. She's a secret agent. Like, we don't get anything about these people other than, like, a name and a quick, what kind of character are they? You know, you don't really get into anything. Uh, so, again, a story I didn't care for so much, art that didn't wow me, and then characters that I got no attachment to. So, no, nah, it's I, I never felt intrigued to read the second volume. Uh, Extra here. points for a monkey, though. Who We yeah. haven't mentioned the monkey. Yeah, we haven't ampersand. mentioned Ampersand at all. Yeah. I cast him. I would cast Ampersand as the uh, the chimp from uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was very much not a, a chimp <laughs> at all. I I want to say so many things because so so many of the things you're talking about. There's. I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it, though. Yeah, I mean, but I shouldn't have to read 10 issues I, into a run to find out that the characters have some depth. So, like, I shouldn't I have know. to read you know, yeah. that many volumes to get that. You know, there, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with other Josh here. Injustice, episode one. You got the fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the pacing is an issue here, and it, it hurts the, the... I don't know how the sales were on this thing. I would imagine... Brian Kavon's name sold and maybe kept people sticking around. Um, but the pacing is a problem. Um, we didn't need to meet all of these people up front in such a scattershot, you know, short-sighted kind of way. Um, we probably shouldn't have even met, have met Dr. Mann yet. Um, it should have been, you know, the plague happening and then York meets 355. Stuff happens in Washington. And maybe like the cliffhanger for issue five as he meets the Amazons. And the Israelis aren't even on the map yet. Yeah, uh, and we didn't need to be following six different characters when the first big event hit. Those yeah. are perfect for flashbacks when you introduce these characters. Yeah, I mean, or, so or, or maybe, yeah, maybe do snapshots of random characters that are never ended again, just to kind of see, you know, oh, this, you know, apocalypse is happening, and this is how all these people are being affected, just to kind of get a feel for what was going on, but not your main characters. Right, and I think they did that really well with the police officer from the very beginning right, who right. ends the first book with a gun to her head because all right. the men are dead. Yeah. You know, I it, think that's a really great point where you just it, have characters that are, you know, you don't know who they are. They're just showing right. you what's going on. Just a throwaway character to kind of set the mood and get you to, mm -hmm. this is the world we live in, this is how people are handling it now. Just Yeah. We we had mentioned Claremont earlier. That's a Claremont thing. Like if if a new character gets a first name and a last name, and you learn his profession, they're gonna die in about three pages. <laughs> yep, it's true. Uh, Barrett, you were you were shaking your head a lot while we were talking. You were disagreeing, I think, very heavily with what we were saying. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, 
so I think out of all of the characters, the only one that I was kind of scratching my head at the whole time was Alter. Um, like it, it's re- it was real hard for me to figure out why she was even there, what you know, what her role was going to be in this whole thing. Um, I mean, for most of the rest of them, you can kind of put them into your usual, you know, comic book tropes. You've got you've got the science. Obviously, we're in a, an apocalyptic scenario. You've got the scientist. You've got you know, you've got the bodyguard. You've got the president. You've got um, you know another um, a representative. You've got the girlfriend. You've got all these people. And you just kind of know how they're going to work their way in, which is why I'm just, you know, again, I'll go back to the possibilities here that they start out with um, is is really awesome. And that's one of the one of the things that intrigued me. It's just like I already know some basics about these characters. Do I need more character development? Yeah. Do I expect to get it right away? Maybe I'm a little bit jaded because like this last episode stuff that we've been or this last season of our podcast we've been recording like all of our graphic novels have been like two, three hundred pages. So I'm like, <laughs> this was easy. Like I knocked this out in like an hour. Like this is not a big deal. This was, this I was, was nothing like Lucifer. Right. This wasn't <laughs> Lucifer. This wasn't into the spider verse. This wasn't Watchmen for the love of God. Like, like I was getting my tires changed in my car and I knocked this out while I was sitting in the waiting room. Like this was quick and easy. So like, I was kind of like, okay, so there's obviously going to be more we're going to... Re- is this all we're doing? Like, that was my first question is like, is this all we're doing for the podcast? Because <laughs> really, is that it? Um, but, you know, I think, I think honestly, you do see a decent amount of character development. You see subtle things with, um, with Yorick that, like, I wasn't expecting. Like, he starts off as, yeah, he's kind of a man-child, and... Yeah, he's kind of a bleeding heart, and I kind of identify with that a little bit. Maybe I don't know, but um, but you also see things like um, when he gets into that first scuffle with the Amazons. It's like he knows he's got a badass bodyguard out there, and yeah, did he take his mask off on purpose so that she'd have to come save him? Yeah, but he also had an ulterior motive to that whole thing. He's like, I'm gonna go draw these guys out. She's gonna come in and kick their ass, and then we've got motorcycles. Look, now we've got motorcycles. I'm talking about um, accident, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like that was Yorick thinking on his feet and yeah, not planned. I no, I really totally don't. meant to do that. I, I, I honestly don't know because again, you have you have two months that aren't even covered of of Yorick traveling from New York to DC on his own with nobody else, and then you've got his mother standing there going, "You don't know what you're doing." You blah blah blah. It's like I, just two months on my own never got caught until I started hanging out with you fools. Like, <laughs> and then he got caught like eight times. Right? And, and he says that too. Like he says that in the in, in one of the panels. He's just like, I, I've been here like 15 minutes and all of a sudden it's turned into Night of the Living Dead or whatever the quote was that he said. It's just like all of a sudden everybody's there. Um, so yeah, I, I know you, you are not getting a lot of character development from all the other characters, but I think you get a, uh, a fairly good amount out of York. Um, and I think you get a, a decent amount out of 355. Um, I'm, I'm still looking to see more there, but... Um, you get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, like, there's really, like, between that and, and the monkey, like, like, uh, Alter and the monkey are they really the only ones that I'm like, why are you here? But you know, I'm I'm gonna roll with it and see what happens. 
there's reasons that I can't tell you. <laughs> big, big important reasons. Crucial reasons that I can't tell you. Uh, okay, anything else on the pyramid? Is everybody into their notes? Yep. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. It's time to see what we dig. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for listening for the first half of Why the, the Review. Uh, as usual, when we have guests, we always run long, so this became a two-parter. Uh, uh, stay tuned for next week when we're going to uh, wrap up with the awards in the cast-it section. Thanks for listening. <laughs>